All right, everybody, welcome into the first podcast of a new podcast we got going on here called Irrefutable Sports. My name's Lucas, and here with my co-host, Ben. Hi, nice to meet you. Ben, we got Ben. Uh, okay, so we're going to get into a lot of topics on this show. Uh, obviously, with the current situation uh, being, you know, during the midst of the coronavirus, we are going to start t- talking about the NFL draft, because unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of other things we can talk about at this point. Uh, but don't worry, we got plenty of interesting sports content planned out for you, and uh, I, won't, uh, I won't spend too long on this, but uh, thank you for tuning in to our very first show. Uh, so the first thing we're going to talk about today is the biggest NFL draft takeaways and the winners and losers from this year's draft, uh, at least in the first round. Obviously, we're recording this right after the first round, so if you listen to this after the whole draft is done, uh, you realize that we're doing this after the first round. But uh, we're going to do another show next week, kind of giving team draft grades and sort of going through who we think did the best, and we're going to kind of go through every single team. So we're going to try to provide you with some very comprehensive coverage here on this podcast. Um, okay, so Ben, I understand you've got some uh, thoughts raring to go about uh, last night's first round. What do you got, buddy? Uh, well, the first round was pretty exciting last night. It was it was just great, you know, not having any sports for a month, and we 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 got to talk about sports. I mean, I we tried to kind of forget what was going on, but it was kind of hard during the draft when they kept bringing it up. But you know, it was great, you know, to thank all those. Uh, it's great to all see. those emergency responders mm-hmm. and everything that's the great work they're doing. But to get into the draft, my biggest takeaway is Jordan Love, Lucas. Jordan, Jordan Love, Love, the biggest surprise. We'll get to that in a little bit more in a second. But because obviously that that's the biggest pick of the whole draft was the Packers taking Jordan Love. I'm very conf- I was very conflicted on it. I the more I thought about it, like after about ten minutes of it happening, then I started to really like the pick. And I, right now, I'm actually very happy about it. But let's talk about some other teams. Some other surprises. Uh, obviously, we know Joe Burrow going number one. Chase the, 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 the first um, six picks, seven picks, in my opinion, were not even even the first ten picks were not. I was not surprised. What's your really biggest? By, what is your biggest surprise in the first one besides Jordan Love? Besides Jordan Love. I gotta go with um, um, oh, I mean the 49ers, I think they they did a great job in this draft when they took when they took Javon Kinglaw, the defensive lineman, with their pick from the Colts that they uh, you know they traded to Forrest Buckner away because you know they're mm-hmm. close to the cap. They replaced him, but at that pick, I'm like, you have Jerry Judy available. You need a receiver because you lost Emmanuel Sanders. Obviously, you have Kittle at tight end, who's fantastic. And you have Debo. But outside of, of Debo Samuel at receiver, you don't have much if you're San Francisco. So I'm just like, I was surprised they didn't take Jerry Judy, the guy I think is the best uh, the best receiver in this draft, and they didn't take him. So him falling to Denver was a little surprising. Like, I'm pretty certain Denver didn't think they'd get him. I think Denver was probably more targeting CeeDee Lamb. But... And then Dallas, Mike McCarthy, our old coach, getting C.D. Lamb. That's, Mike McCarthy and Dallas getting C.D. Lamb. That is surprising. Um, but the 49ers, then trading back up and taking Brandon Ayuk. Uh, one of the receivers I would have been okay with Green Bay taking. Um, so the 49ers, in my opinion, definitely won the first round with, you know, getting two positions that they, defensive line they didn't really need, but... They're shoring up the loss of Buckner to keep their defensive line as dominant and probably the best defensive line in the league. They secured that spot still. And, you know, adding, you know, this Brandon Ayuk, a fast receiver, he's kind of similar to Debo Samuel in my opinion. 
But, I mean, another fast guy, potential return guy, that's going to help them a lot on offense. Um, but, and then the Miami Dolphins, um, you know, they had the two, they took Tua. Tua going there and Herbert's going to the, Tua going to Miami at five and Herbert at six going to the Chargers didn't surprise me. Herbert, I was a little skeptical of, but uh, I'm, I think I'm okay with that pick the more I think about it. Uh, so I'll tell you, like, my biggest personal surprise is, uh, how about Jalen Rieger going in the first round? That's something I did not see coming at all. Uh, I did not see many drafts, guys, with what with, with your mock drafts and everything like that, predicting Jalen Rieger to go in the first round. And he, he ended up going before Justin Jefferson, which is kind of just really random. But, and, I mean, obviously the guy could turn out to be amazing. Uh, it, just, it was really surprising to see a guy like that go in the first round. I really thought he was going to be one of the second-round guys, one of those early second-round day-two type of guys. Uh, and the thing that really struck me at the end of the first round, this one, this is honestly, personally, I kind of suspected the Packers might take a quarterback the first round. I was kind of, I'll get more into that later when we have the uh, Jordan Love debate. Um, but my personal like biggest surprise, aside from that Jordan Love thing, is the last pick in the first round, the Kansas City Chiefs taking the running back from LSU, Clyde Edwards, uh, I'm going to butcher this last Hilaire. name, Hilaire. I, I can't believe, like, you look at the, okay, personally right now, I feel like that's a massive mistake, okay? I, I Maybe he fits better in the system, maybe I'll look stupid in a couple of years when you listen to this, or when you look at this take in a couple of years, but I cannot believe when you look at the running back talent available, when you look at people like Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift. I don't know how you don't take one of those guys, especially with Patty Mahomes at quarterback. When you look at someone who can catch and run like Jonathan Taylor, how do you pass that up and go for the LSE running back? Like, I understand that the man is talented and he deserves to be in the NFL. I just, I don't understand personally how you can pass on those three top running backs and basically draft a consensus, the fourth best running back everybody had available, no matter where you had those three guys listed. Personally, I don't understand that. Uh, I yes, I was actually gonna. I when that pick happened, I was surprised. Obviously, I, I agree with Lucas. Jonathan Taylor, who we both love as Wisconsin football fans, be, definitely the best running back um, in the draft. I He's think. been the best running back in college football the last two years, like yes. statistically. You can't. Do- Dobbins, I from Ohio State. I close I love number him. two. Close number two, I believe. Swift as well, but. Edward Hilaire, I mean, when you watch the tape, he he's a close four that people just didn't talk about. The pick isn't that bad. The way the can he fits the Kansas City Chiefs offense because I agree they needed a running back. Damian Williams is good, but he's not like that. A better running back would help them. Well, you're never gonna have a running back be a feature with Patrick Mahomes running the offense. True, That's, but true. That's so, why you couldn't take Taylor because he would be just be so underutilized. And but what do you though? Because if you look at Taylor in the. He can be explosive in the passing game. He proved that last year for the Badgers. That was one of the main question marks when you're going into the college football season last year. Is you've seen Taylor doing the ground, but last year, if you look at the tape, you really see the Badgers making an effort to get the ball to Taylor in the passing game. Something you hadn't seen before. Uh, if you're a Badgers football fan like myself, and, and I'm sure you are as well, obviously, uh, you really see the Badgers start to utilize Taylor in the receiving game. Something that they had really never done before. Um, so he proved that he can be effective in the passing game. And, I mean, there's space. Like, you can't be a feature. You can carve out 100 yards. You know, if, it's not unrealistic to, to think if you're someone like Taylor, you can end up rushing for 100 yards pretty consistently. Uh, and then also getting featured enough in the passing game to get, like, 50 yards. You, you could get, like, 150 all-purpose yards 
probably most weeks if you're that talented. So yeah. I think there's there'd be plenty of room for it to carve out a role like that. You just I mean not be a featured back, but like, you know still get enough. Uh, you still get there's still enough meat in the bone, so to speak, to get yeah. those stats for yourself. So. I, I could see, though, um, I mean, we were going to talk later on. We keep mixing our topics because the draft, just so much happened. Um, best players available, I those three running backs, Taylor, Dobbins, are gonna Swift. going to go early tonight, I believe. Early. Yes. I think I, I could look for the Colts early, second round. I, think the, I still think the Falcons guys. are going to take a running back to, the to Falcons, early. I, maybe. I, I, my, one of my predictions, not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save more of a reasoning for that until later, but uh, I'll just let the cat out of the bag a little bit. One of my predictions for later tonight uh, is that the Falcons are going to end up taking one of those top three running backs. I'll make that prediction right now. So Miami needs one. They got Jordan Howard in free agency, but I don't think Jordan Howard so is. Let's, let's, let's shift gears, though. Why don't we go to the uh, biggest losers? Ben, who's your biggest loser in the draft? This might surprise some people, but uh, as I was watching the draft and I saw the Patriots come up at number 23, Jordan Love, okay, we keep, we'll get into the Jordan Love later because we all know that's the biggest surprise of the draft. Us as Packer fans, we're stunned. Packer fans... Across America, were stunned. But when I thought going in, because some people really liked him and thought potentially the Chargers could take him at six, I thought that too. I think the Chargers really debated back and forth between Herbert and Love, and they chose Herbert. And because of that, because those three teams at the top, being Cincinnati, Miami, and the LA Chargers, needed a quarterback, after that we knew whoever the fourth guy was, most likely being Love or potentially Herbert, was going to fall. That's what happened with Love. But I still thought Love would have been picked by 23. But the Patriots, they're on the clock at 23. Bill Belichick must really trust Jarrett Stidham, last year's fourth-round pick, who I've seen no... I don't know how Bill Belichick can have that kind of faith in him, but obviously he works with him. He has, you know, he sees things none of us do. So maybe we'll all be surprised when Jarrett Stidham is in the MVP race this year or something crazy. I don't know. Stidham. Anyways, um, so I thought, I'm like, oh, the Patriots are probably going to take Jordan Love right here. And... They did it. They traded the pick. The, the L.A. Chargers came back into the first round, took a linebacker, Kenneth Murray, I believe it was. I'm not looking at the names here, but Kenneth Murray is who I believe they took. Yeah. And, um, you know, great. You know, you need a linebacker. That's fine, Chargers. Uh, for the Chargers, that was fine. But for the Patriots, okay, you got but more picks later Murray, on. By the way, very funny. Okay, that's, that's I, I just kind of guessed. I got yeah. it right. Um, so the Chargers... That was good for them, but the Patriots not taking Jordan Love there was a mistake, and I think and the Packers heard the chatter. The Packers supposedly, what I've been reading today, had their eye on Love, and especially if he started to fall like that. I think when the Patriots didn't pick it, pick him there, that's when Gudekun started, you know, picking up the phones like I need to trade up because I guess there was rumors I've been hearing this morning that the the Colts were considering trading back into the first round. That that's why the Packers traded up because. He was they were considering trading back in the first round, taking him to be the heir apparent to now Philip Rivers to take over what he well, requires. Well, as a side note, my personal pick for biggest loser in the first round is the aforementioned Indianapolis Colts. Oh, um, really? Because if you look, uh, and this is going to sound like a cop-out, uh, missing out on the first round of this year's draft with the sort of talent that's there uh, is, is a massive mistake for the Colts. And obviously they traded their first round pick, so that's on that. For Buckner, yes, um, for defensive lineman. From and, you know, great, you got DeForest Buckner. But let's be honest, in, in, uh, in the NFL, if you're going to be good, you need to have a quarterback, right? You have to have the quarterback. Phillip Rivers, oh, he threw all those picks and last year. <laughs> great, you got Phillip Rivers, but let's be real He's honest. He's 38. <laughs> Phillip Rivers is not going to play for 10 more seasons. So if you're the Indianapolis Colts and 
you know, next year's draft, great. There's going to be two amazing quarterbacks. You're going to have Justin Fields and you're going to have Trevor Lawrence available. Now, now we are not really sure how that's going to turn out if, you know, what happens, uh, you know, who's behind them. There's really no uh, solidified other quarterbacks that we know are going to be amazing in that draft. In next year's and draft, when you have yeah, like, field, yes. when Very you have open. about, you know, we let's just list them off. You got Love, you got Tagovailoa, you have, you know, Herbert. you have Herbert, you have Joel Burrow, the highest. Joel thing. Burrow. That's at least four quarterbacks worth drafting. And Jalen now, Hurts as a sleeper. I think Jalen Hurts is a they second round talent quarterback. Hurts, but. You know, the the point is, I think, you know, you missed out on four people who clearly could have been good quarterbacks who don't have the opportunity to get the play in time. Now, it, they could take Hurts, and maybe that'll work out for them, but I think, ultimately, the Colts are going to regret not having that first-round pick this year. Uh, you look at DeForest Buckner, great. You got a defensive line, right? Awesome. You sign him to a deal. Defensive tackles do not win you Super Bowls. If you already have a quarterback in place that's going to play for more than two years, great. They what the Colts the okay I'm going to count you slightly on this. I agree with you, but the, from their perspective, the Colts were thinking, you know, we have one of if not the best offensive lines in football. Marlon Mack, you know, even though I think they could potentially take a running back with this next pick because I Marlon Mack I think is good, but only good because of the O line. But um, sorry, I distracted there. Um, Mar, but I, so I think they could potentially take a running back. Uh, so sorry, there's distractions uh, they, outside. They could right take now. a running back, but I, I here's here's my here's my thought process. Yeah, they have a team where you could argue they could be competitive. That's what I was that's but what I was trying you, to say. I wasn't done. But, sorry. But when you have like, look at their division. I don't really. You have the Texans and Deshaun Watson, and I know you people have been really skeptical of Bill Bryan this offseason, but they still have a roster that's capable of winning a lot of games. And I I just I don't I don't have a lot of faith at Philip and Philip Rivers at thirty eight years. They're hoping Philip Rivers can give them one or two like good years that you know he has something to prove now that the Chargers got rid of him. Anyways, what I was saying, so the reason I did the Buckner thing is because they wanna the defense was pretty good for Indianapolis last year. Um but you know Buckner makes them better. They need a little bit better pass rushers and that helps. They're trying to win win now mode. Uh, I mean you have T. Y. Hilton uh, you have some other guys there, but maybe I, they could probably take a receiver here too as well. But I mean, a lot of the uh, there's still some pretty good receivers left as well. This whole draft is full of receivers. That's why I'm not as upset as some people are about the Packers taking Jordan Love. That's why I enjoy. Packers, it. We'll, we'll get into that later. That'll be towards the end. We'll so we'll I feel like we talked, talked about Jordan. We Love. talked a nice about a little bit about the NFL draft in the first round. Uh, but uh, what's going to be our second topic today? Our second topic. A few days ago, Rob Gronkowski, future Hall of Fame tight end for the New England Patriots, who retired after winning Super Bowl 53 against the Rams, he ended up coming back and demanding a trade to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, still under contract with the Patriots. The Patriots sent Gronkowski and a seventh-round pick for a fourth-round pick of Tampa to rejoin him with, with Tom Brady, with you know his future Hall of Fame quarterback in Tampa. So, Lucas, the big question is, are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl contenders? You have Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronkowski. Is that, are they competitors with that offense? The defense started to play well towards the end of last year. I have two simple letters for you, Ben. N-O. No. They are not Super Bowl contenders. Now, 
this is this is going to be counter to a lot of the things you've been hearing, uh, you know, in the NFL. And I can see my partner giving me a, a sly smile right now, and I know he's not going to agree with me on this, but the answer is no. Um, and for I'm going to list a couple reasons here. One, yes, is Rob Gronkowski arguably one of the best tight ends in NFL history? Well, not he even does. arguably, he is one of the best he tight does. ends in NFL history. Yes, but if you look at the stats, Rob Gronkowski has not had a very Rob Gronkowski season, and he didn't. Obviously, he sat out last year. He's right? Got the, he's going to be well rested. He's got the year off. But he has even when he was playing, he started to deteriorate the last couple of years. He hadn't had a Rob Gronkowski level season in two or three years before he retired. So you don't even know what you're getting from Gronk at this point. You don't know how committed he's going to be. This man has taken a year off of football. He's been wrestling. Like, I get he wants to come back and play with Tom Brady. Great. I I don't blame them for getting him. I just don't believe that you can assure that he's going to give you the type of production people are assuming upon him right now. After you take a year away from football and you haven't had Pro Bowl-level stats in, like, two years even when you were playing, I, I don't understand how you can just start assigning all these amazing stats to him. He, he has got to come back and prove it. Okay, and the second point I'm going to give here, uh, and one that's going to be a little controversial, I, I think Tom Brady is on the decline. I think he, at age, what, how old is he now, Ben? Remind me. He's going to be 43 come August. He's going to be 43 years old. Now, That's crazy. I don't care so how many avocado sandwiches and smoothies you drink, 43 years old is 43 years old. And it, I will even back this up with a couple stats for you. So I pulled up his uh, yearly stats. Over the last four years, his completion percentage has declined every season. Last okay. year, his completion percentage was 60.8. And that's declined over the last four years. In four years, it went from 67.4 in 2016 all the way down to 60.8 last year. It's declined every year. And last year is the second year in a row he's been sub-30. Or he's, he's thrown under 30 touchdown passes in his season. So, uh, and so if, was your man Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and that's I, a different debate. <laughs> I, I believe he might be on the decline as well, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, and if, but if you look at the second half of the season last year, Brady really started to, to decline as far as stats go. Uh, if you look at passing yardage, there has been multiple. There's multiple games. If you look at like the last, let's say eight, just the back half of the season, last eight games, there's at least three instances in which he threw under 100 yards. If you look at one game, uh, he never threw under 100. You mean under, under, two, under 200? Under 200. Yards. Okay. If you look at the game, yeah, that's like, true. If you look at the game against Cincinnati. He the, 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 the game uh, against Cincinnati. That I, I have to interrupt. The game against Cincinnati. That Andy Dalton continually threw interceptions. There was multiple. I think there was at least one no defensive excuse. touchdown. They had short field, ran the ball. Brady was bad. a game manager. There, there's, a team there's, that overpowered the terrible Cincinnati. There is no Bengals. excuse for 128 passing yards. He was a game manager. Drew Brees does it all the time in blowout games. If the Drew Brees doesn't throw so for 128 little, passing yards. There's been games where they've won the last Mitch Trubisky years. throws for over 128 Well, and they lose, and his completion percentage is bad. Well, Brady's that day, I think, might have been, the more I, I remember about and that. And if game. you look at the last, like, the last four games, he didn't throw over three touchdowns. He didn't throw three touchdown passes in the last four games. One, two, Rogers. one, two. <laughs> I keep freaking One Aaron touchdown Rogers pass in the game. We're not fair. talking about Aaron Rodgers. We're talking about Tom Brady. I know, Brady. that's not fair. I'm kind of joking. Talking about right. Thomas Edward Brady. The second. Ju- the second, yes. <laughs> um, so... I mean, when you look at Gronk and you look at Brady, I mean, you, it's no doubt. You, I'm not arguing that Tampa's not does not have a talented roster. You know, they do. They have a couple Pro Bowl wide receivers. The NFC is very stacked, folks. 
There is but about it, but 12 the, good that's, teams that's in the my, NFC. That's my third point here. <laughs> They're not a Super Bowl contender. If you look at the people that have to play, I still think the Saints might be better than that. And if you True. look at the division, Carolina's going to be improved. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and really, like, my three points are, are still pretty valid, you know? Number one, I, I don't really know that, you know, that Rob Gronkowski is going to be better and I really don't think that for someone who's had a career... What know, record do you think the Tampa Bay Bucks will okay, have? Okay, no, I'm not done. I'm not... Okay, I'm not done. <laughs> I will, I'll, I'll give you a record prediction. Just give me a second. Um, I think we should make a bet on this, but I'll get to that after you give me your reasons. Um, one, I, Rob Gronkowski's had an injury history his entire career, and he's been extremely inconsistent because he can't stay healthy. And the man is north of 30 years old now. So, I mean, I don't really think that you can just expect the fact that he's going to put up Pro Bowl numbers. I think that's foolish. Two, I, as I've stated, I think Brady is starting get, to get worse. Like, I'm sorry. I think that's happening. I, I, yeah. And then three, I, they're in an extremely tough conference. And I'll tell you right now, I don't think they're a top four team in the NFC, which is why. The I'm, NFC is a very stacked conference. Which is why I'm saying I don't think that they're a Super Bowl contender. My predicted record, I think they'll go 10 and 6. 10 and 6? Okay. Honestly, that's I, I was honestly think ten and six, eleven and five, but I think that NFC is gonna be so stacked. There's gonna be a lot of like nine, a nine, ten, eleven win teams to be honest. And I don't, and I think I don't think ten and six gets them. I think top ten and four six status. like e- might either win you the South or you be second with the Saints. At I think the and Saints five. will win the South. That's why. I, I... Okay, um, my argument of why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are contenders. People like to roast Tom Brady, say Tom Brady declined last year. He was he was not very good, especially the second half of the year. Because he wasn't. He wasn't as good the second 128 half. 128 yards against the Bengals. That he 169 yards against the Chiefs. They, okay, the Bengals game I can justify is because they were blowing the doors off the Bengals. Andy Dalton had four interceptions, continuously turned the ball over, got some defensive touchdowns. All they did was run the ball, and Brady was just being a game manager and got out of there. Want to try to justify the Chiefs game for me? I'd love to hear it. The Chiefs game was just a bad... Their offensive woes, though, let me tell you about why there was Patriots offensive woes. It's not so much about Brady declining. Brady, sure, he's declined slightly, and he's not the best quarterback in the league anymore, but he's still a top... He showed me, even at the end of 2019... With as as bad as that Patriots the offense Miami was Dolphins game, I know. But let me get into why. So the Patriots offense, why were they so bad? You may ask. The lack. People are gonna. You're really gonna attack me on this. The lack of weapons. You when has he ever had weapons? Can, he, he's had weapons. He's had Gronkowski. Well, he had Randy Moss in 07. Gronkowski, Brandon Cooks, Edelman, Amendola. Edelman was not healthy this year. Amendola, Hogan. Oh. He's had he's had more weapons in this. And oh, he's had it sounds a, like a bunch of Pro Bowlers. At the you're end not letting me make my arguments. I, I'm trying to keep going, and you just keep cutting me off. I didn't cut you off from when I heard your stuff about why the All Buccaneers right, let's, suck. Let's, let's hear. Let's hear. Okay, Brady. If you look at his stats, he had a, Lucas was right. He did have a 60 percent completion percentage, but he did 60.8. We'll give him the point eight. Yes, we'll give him the point eight. The benefit of the doubt. So the reason. He had that low of a completion percentage. His offensive line was his offensive line was pretty banged up. Normally the Patriots have a good old line. They were pretty banged up last year. So Brady had less time. His receivers, you have Edelman, who's now in his 30s. He's getting older. He, he you know, used to be a really good receiver. I think he still can be. But you have a, a, a banged up Edelman playing through injuries. You have the rest of your receivers are not very good. You have an old bang uh, Mohamed Sanu also had some ankle problems. Did not play very well. And the rest of your, those receivers were horrible. Nikhil Harry, as a rookie, did not step up like I thought he would. 
And Brady, those receivers were dead last in the league in separation. So you're telling me Tom Brady, when he gets the ball, he has no time because his O-line is not as much time as he's used to because his O-line is injured. No, literally no tight end. You have 39-year-old Ben Watson, who's not very good anymore. He should not have been played this well, year. Matt Lacoste. He's not very good either. Anyways, so you have this banged-up offensive line, lack of weapons besides Edelman, who's banged up, and the Patriots still go 12-4. and four. I, I understand they did have the number one defense, but that okay, adds, okay. Let's that not, adds up to the let's frustration. Let's not just over that point. I'm not done. That's why they, they started 8-0 is because the number one defense. But then the second half of the season, you start playing the Baltimores, the Kansas Cities, Houston. You're playing these other good AFC teams. Well, those are the three teams they lost to. And then Miami, which they, they blew that last game. They that was a, But they, they beat Buffalo twice. They beat they beat a really good Buffalo. They had the number okay. three defense. I'm glad you mentioned Buffalo. Buffalo. I'm glad you twice. mentioned Buffalo. Can we go back to week five? Oh, can we, can we stop looking at Josh Allen's stats? No, week five game as well. Okay. They both are horrible. But if you're Thomas Edward Brady playing, so excuse me, week four. Week four. Okay, this game's at Buffalo. 150 yards, no TDs, zero. Bagel. What was the score and of the game? Pick. Final score of the game. 16 to 10. Yes, it was one of those defensive dog fights. The number one and number Did three. You're going to excuse zero touchdowns and 150 yards? I will pick? when you have Julian Edelman and no Well, he had Josh Gordon at that point, but we all know. Bill Belichick thought he had a lack of effort and traded him, and supposedly Brady didn't like that. But I, I, can't, I cannot excuse 150 zero touchdowns on a pick in a game they barely won. I'm, I can't. I Brady can't had plenty that. in the first half. You're plenty of 300 yards well, sure, touchdowns. But games, you can't. Well, you talking about no how they beat Buffalo twice, but like that game, you you could argue that definitely wasn't Brady beating okay. Buffalo. That was. Let me get into more of the reasons. Now, I tried to show why the page, why Brady may have looked like he declined, which I think he is slightly on the decline. But some people are saying that like Tom Brady is going to be like 2015 Peyton Manning, and they think his arm is gone and everything. His arm was not gone. Tom, saw, Tom saw, Brady did not make inaccurate throws at all in 2019. Tom Brady is still one of the best and most accurate quarterbacks in the game. Tom Brady had a banged up O-line, uh, no receivers, and the one receiver he did have was also banged up. That's my excuse for Tom Brady. If you look at 2018 when the O-line was healthy, they had so rookie Sony Michelle. They could run the ball. They ran the ball in the playoffs that helped them. They could not do that in 2019. Sony Michelle did not have a very good year with as many carries as he had. I think he had 900 yards, but his yards per he had like three yards per carry or less than that. And he just did not have that good of a year. And uh, so Tom Brady, the lack of support or the lack of um, lack of support, what am I trying to The lack of weapons around him was just lacking this year in New England. Now he goes to a Tampa team. You have two Pro Bowl receivers. You have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Those guys were fantastic. Which are the James only reason, Winston. The only I reason. think Jameis is good. That's a different argument. Uh, I just think he throws too many picks, but I think he's, he's a really talented guy. Um, His decision-making is awful. Yes, I agree. That's why he's not. In life and in football. Right yeah, the stealing crabs from a grocery store. And the sexual assault charges. James yeah, Winston yes. is not a good man. We'll nope, just... No, he's not. Uh, but let's let's uh, go back to Tom Brady. And another uh, point uh, my friend Lucas here has made is, oh, Bruce Arians, that's a, that's a deep that's a deep ball offense. You know, he, they throw the ball deep all the time. How can Tom Brady do that? One, okay, one. If, if you're Bruce Arians, you're getting a star like Tom Brady, and Tom Brady would have had to... Tom Brady said, we're going to change the offense if I'm going to sign. So that, they had to agree to that. Tom, Bruce Arians would... Love to cater the offense to Tom Brady if he if he could get him, because he that means they're more likely to win. But um, so that's not a problem. I don't see the the playbook. They're not going to keep throwing deep. And even if they did keep throwing deep, Tom Brady can do that. Tom Brady is more than capable of throwing the deep ball. If you look 
at his, some of the throws he made last year. His completion percentage was down due to his receivers being dead last in separation. They could not get open. His O-line was banged up. He's used to having one of the better O-lines in the league, at least as of late, um, 2016, 17, 18, he did. And... I mean that that's my that's the reason what happened I think what happened with the Patriots. What, what do you what do you uh record wise? What do you see the Buccaneers going this season? Actually I, I just I didn't even get to Gronkowski yet. Okay. So so you have Brady. How are you gonna defend Mr. Gronkowski? You're adding Brady to this team that I mean the defense obviously is not as good as the Patriots, but they're an up and they're like middle of the pack, up and coming young defense. I think, you know, they could def, they're definitely still gonna improve this year. Uh but obviously not as good as the Patriots defense. And the NFC remembers a very stacked conference, a very stacked NFC South with New Orleans, Atlanta, and Carolina. Carolina, I know Lucas said before, I think he thinks they're going to be good. I think they'll be okay. I don't think I, they're going to be great. Teddy, I just they're think they're not making be, the playoffs. They're going to be better. They'll be like 8-8 eight eight at the best. Well, yeah, Seven and nine, eight and eight. I don't think they're going to be amazing, but I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is a, Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater is a stabilizing sort of quarterback. He is. He, they paid him a lot of money, too. Three years, 60 He's million. not someone who's going to reinvent your offense or do crazy things, but... He's going to be someone who you can plug in and be confident he's going to be able to play. Definitely. Um, okay, let me continue here with this with this Tampa Bay Buccaneers argument. So, the Gronkowski. You, so, obviously, so Brady's leaving this this situation with a, with a bang, with, with 2019 had a banged-up O-line, a banged-up Edelman, and no other receivers besides that. He's now going to a team that, uh, that has Mike Evans, a pro bowler, Chris Godwin, a pro bowl receiver, Tom Brady, when was the last time Tom Brady had a Pro Bowl receiver? Randy Moss. <laughs> Randy Moss. Well, obviously Gronkowski was a Pro Bowler every year. And and you and you already had O.J. Howard. I mean, O.J. Howard, as we know, underperformed, but he's very talented. I, I this is like, only going to be his I third like season. They, I feel like they trade O.J. Howard. Do you think they might? Yeah, and, Maybe. I, and I feel like they... Supposedly the Patriots wanted him, but the Bucks wanted a second-round pick for him, and the Patriots mm-hmm. thought that was too steep. That I, was rumored in the Gronkowski I feel like trade. they will end up trading him, and I feel like it'll just be Brate and Gronkowski. I mean, that's... Yeah, Brate, again, he's really good. Um, so you have, at this point, five weapons right now, three of them being tight ends, but whatever. Um, so you have all these weapons for Tom Brady, and, and they drafted an offensive tackle. They drafted a tackle yesterday, which is a great pick. Got to keep Tom Brady upright. You don't want him to be under pressure like he was in 2019. Running back concerns me a bit, but I think Ronald Jones could develop. And, and we talked about it. There's plenty of good running backs left. Jonathan Taylor, Dobbins, Swift, if they get one of those guys... If they somehow fall to the mid-second round and they get one of those guys. If Jonathan Taylor, I love me some Jonathan Taylor. If he goes to the Buccaneers, honestly, wherever he goes, I might get his jersey. But if he goes to the Buccaneers, I'm I'm going to be hyping them up a little bit, just to say at the least. I might have to get his Buccaneers jersey. But where am I going with this? Oh, Gronkowski. Gronkowski, you said, you know, he was, you know, he battled so many injuries. I get that. But usually for the playoffs, this guy was always there. Besides the 2017 season, I believe it was, or was it, no, it was 2016. He was not in the 28 to three game. Gronkowski was there for 2017 and against the Eagles when they lost. But Gronkowski, he has some, you know, he had a lot of back, knee, forearm injuries, but I think the year off helped him. Like you could tell 2018, the regular season, he was just beaten and bruised, but but he came out he for the playoffs. Off, I think they might they're okay to do that. Like he can use him sparingly. They they have so many weapons, they don't have to use him a lot. As long as he somewhat helps Brady. And now Brady having a familiar target, that's really gonna help him. And I I think I think this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, I could see them eleven and five ish. You said ten and six. I say eleven and five, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think they're gonna be 
they're going to be right there with the Saints for the NFC South. It's going it's going it's going to be either they're going to have the same record or one one of them's going to win one more than the other. They're going to be neck and neck. Those those Drew Brees um Tom Brady duels are going to be fantastic unless one of them, I mean they're 40 age 43 of Brady and 41 of Brees this year unless one of them falls off the cliff. We all know at this age that could happen at any time. Well, and you got to remember the Saints signed Emmanuel Sanders to pair with Michael Thomas like that's- True. That's going to be absolutely explosive. And, and you know, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, but he, he's still fast. He, he was last year. He can still play. Yeah. Um, so you know, like, I'm not. No, no way was I saying with my argument that the Buccaneers are going to be a trash can of a team. Right. I think Brady's That's, going to have a better season than Lucas does, and I don't think Brady's on the decline as much as Lucas does. Brady it looked more like he was on the decline, which I think he slightly is. Because that that proved it from week weeks one through eight when he still played pretty well from weeks. 8 through 16 when he didn't play as well. But you have to remember, too, the O-line was more banged up than Edelman was more banged up than... I, I hear, they well, had no Josh Gordon just, in the second half of the year. I hear a lot of things coming out, and it sounds like a lot of excuses. I feel like this is going to be... We'll a, see. This is going to be, gonna one be one a reoccurring conversation. Yes. Um, how about... Uh, this is off the cuff a little bit. How about we better tackle Bell meal that... I will bet you that Let's the Patriots it. will not be a top four seed in the NFL. You mean the, the Buccaneers? You the Buccaneers. The Excuse me. Still getting used to the Brady and the Buccaneers thing. Me too, man. Weird. weird. It's weird. It's very weird. Um, I'm going to bet you that the Buccaneers will not be a top four seed in the NFC playoffs. I don't want to say four seed because the Saints could win the division. Oh, Have a- you, you're not willing, not willing to bet. I'm not going to say that. They'll win the You're division. I, dude, the Saints are gonna. The Saints always choke in the playoffs. They'll All choke right. against Tom Brady. So we're gonna. So Bucks will win the division. What's on the division? That's what we're betting on. Yeah, basically we're betting that the. I will bet you. That I bet the, the Bucks will take that the division. The Buccaneers will not win the NFC South. Okay. I think they will. So uh, we're gonna move on to something a little bit less uh, fun, but yet uh, still kind of very pressing and timely topic. Now, very important. We're gonna talk about the coronavirus and whether the MLB and the NBA will be able to have seasons, and if so, what is the best plan forward. Now, um, so you, you, oh, I gave my first, uh, I gave the first opinion on the Buccaneers topic. So Ben, without, without further ado, what do you think, uh, will be the outcome of the NBA and MLB's attempts to have seasons? Thank you, Lucas, for turning this over to me. Um, I think this is a really important topic A really, it's kind of a depressing topic to talk about. Um, but I, cause you know, obviously we want, you know, baseball and basketball, Baseball, I'll get into baseball in a second. We're going to go to the NBA first. They've played, all teams have played between, most of them 64, 65 games. I think I looked in the Mavericks, played 67. A couple have played 63. So that's, if you do the math, that's about 80% of the season has been played. So a little over three-fourths of the season. Yes. Um, so 65, most of them played 64, 65 out of 82. I think what you have to do is cancel the regular season. It's the playoffs already would have started. This should be weekend two of the of the first round of the playoffs, and because of that, I think cancel the regular season. But the NBA, obviously, you can't do this yet. We have to still wait for more things to happen, and um, just when it's a lot safer to be able to go back to do things. But mm-hmm. the NBA, what they're going to have to do is pretty soon, you know, test all the players. You're going to have to get them back to practice for two or three weeks of just of practices. Then. You start the playoffs. I'm sorry, other teams that were on the outside looking in. I'm sorry, Portland Trailblazers, other teams that were close. Um, you're not going to make the playoffs. I'm sorry. Um, so if you that's uh, if you think that's unfair, life is unfair right now in these times. Let's be real. So start the playoffs. Our Milwaukee Bucks, the best record. That's why I, I don't want the Steve season. Dear. I don't want the season to end because it would just be so unfortunate for the Bucks for so many teams. But what they're going to have to do is play these playoff games. 
with no fans, no fans, no, we just gotta, and I think they should still be uh, best of seven series. I don't think, cause they talked about, oh, maybe make the first round best of three and the second best of five and then the conference finals and finals best of seven with no fans. I, no, don't do that. It, it's supposed to be best of seven, make them best of seven. Give give these playoff teams a chance to, to win, to, to be able to win. Cause if it's a best of three, the better team is gonna, well, the better team should win either way, but the, like the Milwaukee Bucks, if it's a best of three against the Magic, who they would play that, like give the Magic a chance, I think. So what's your idea uh, way to make this happen? Because I've heard a lot of potential. I think ways. they could still play. I don't think they should try to like put everyone in one stadium. I think they can. They should. They, they could still be able to travel. You know, private planes. These hotels, no one's staying in them. Rent like have the hotels cleaned really well. Rent out the entire hotel. Don't let any other people stay there. I I think you could do it. Um, no fans. You're not interact. The players are not interacting with anyone else other than who's on the staff, who's already been tested. I I think it could um, work out that way, and we could still get this postseason done. Because if the season had to get canceled, that would be really unfortunate for a lot of people. LeBron, he's 35 years old. Who knows if he's going to get this chance again? You know, they're the number one seed. Will he get this chance to go for a championship again? I mean, I love LeBron. I don't think he's going to just randomly decline. But who knows? He could next year. This is his. This could be his last chance. This is important for him, for him to potentially get a championship. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Bucks, the best record second year in a row. Who knows if the Bucks are ever going to be this this good are going to be this good again? With, well, and with the looming Giannis. question with Antetokounmpo is, uh, you know, if the season gets canceled or you know, well, Antetokounmpo signed an extension with us. That's true too. Um, that's, that's the. Big. That's the biggest question to me uh, about the Bucks is whether you think Antetokounmpo will sign a, will, will even sign an extension uh, if we don't get to play out the rest of the season. And my guess is yes. Um, I, I think so. That, this is another topic, though. But, yeah, uh, but that's, that's a whole other topic, but that's another looming question with uh, the yes. uncertainty of the schedule. Also, other people have talked about, like, oh, let's do, like, a full, like... Um, like the NCAA tournament style with every team. No, the Golden State Warriors are done. Their season's over. You have like 15 wins. I'm sorry you have Steph Curry back. That's that's not that's not fair. You're not. You're, we're just do the playoffs how they're supposed to be with no fans. That's my opinion. But I think you got to give the guys at least two, probably so, three weeks of practice. Isolate them from other people. So your plan for the NBA, um, if, let's just make sure that I'm getting this right, is to essentially. Still do the travel to different cities and still Yes, do... but isolate them heavily because there's no one in these hotels right now. Rent out the entire hotel. No for fans. Your team. You no isolate. fan interaction. No limiting the amount of interaction as possible. And testing these guys do temperatures. If they can somehow get those like instant, like those couple of minute result tests, mm-hmm. do those. But a temperature might even just be good enough. Um, um, and just do that and play these games in the places they're supposed to be played. Um and still do best of seven series. I'm sorry, we're not finishing the regular season. So who, the top eight in each conference make, that are current make it. That's what I think should happen. We we need to finish the season. We cannot cancel this season. And also, we have to still wait a little bit so it gets a little safer. But we cannot keep pushing this season off. There's kids who whose NCAA um, their seat. There's March Madness got canceled. They're waiting. The NBA drafts can be pushed back. What are they? Yeah, what are they doing? They're just sitting here with no job, kind of waiting to get drafted. We have to do this draft, but we can't do it till the season's over because we can't give let these rookies play on these playoff teams. That's not that's not really fair. Uh, right. I'm sorry, I'm going in a lot of directions. No, here, you're good. Um, what do you think about the NBA? Then we'll go to the MLB after. So the NBA, I'm concerned. If I'm being real honest, I'm very concerned about their ability to get the season in. Um. You concerned with what I said? Like, I'm. I the, the issue is um, 
I get what you're saying, and in a perfect world, I love what you said, and I hope that's what happens. In all of my heart, I hope that's what happens. I'm just concerned that you know, what happens if one player somehow still manages to test positive? What is the NBA going to do? You know, that's that's the uh, real question. That would ruin the whole thing. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and it's it's like a house of cards, which is why I struggle with the ability for this to happen. Like, don't get me wrong. I want, in all of my heart, I want this to happen. That your scenario, perfect. I'd love to see it. And I don't want to see the Milwaukee Bucks get their season get scrapped. I just, I wonder what happens if in that scenario someone tests positive, you're pretty much done. So like, you just have to do everything you can. To I, I can sure they cannot. Test I, I know. I just and I can see it happening. I just I, I don't know that you can do this without something happening. And and to to that point, I really don't know if there's a perfect plan because I mean. Even if you isolate all the teams in one city, right? If you did it that way. I think that'd almost be worse, isolate, I, in I my just, opinion. I, I don't know, but there's still no way you can protect against that, like, someone getting it. Like, and I hate saying this because I really don't want to see the season canceled. Like, I don't want to see it happen. I'm just concerned that I don't know that you can get it in unless somehow we see extreme changes in, in our circumstances. I don't know that, that that's possible. I mean... You know, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news about the NBA, about the NBA season because, believe me, I do not want this to happen. I just don't know how you can get it in. I mean, does that make sense? It de- yeah, you definitely makes sense. Um, so if we go on to the MLB, my perspective on the MLB, the season hasn't started yet. Unlike the NBA, which is 80% done, if I'm, the, if I'm Major League Baseball, I would just... If, if, we get, if it gets to a point, like let's say... July, where where things are, we can end social distancing, which I I don't even know if it will. Probably might, maybe not. We have no idea. Let's be honest, we have no idea. Yeah, we're sitting here late yeah. April, and uh, we're still just as confused we were in late as we were in late March. Definitely. Um. So maybe like sometime in the summer, if you can start it, that's great. ML, MLB play. I don't think they should extend the length of their season. Let's say by the time they start, there's enough time for 80 games left let's say then you play your 80 games that's fine but but if it gets to a point where it's like three quarters of the seat or two-thirds three quarters of the regular season should be done you gotta cancel it mlb come back next year i'm sorry it's very disappointing for baseball fans but you haven't played a season yet unlike the nba where it's like it's it's so, to me it's more disappointing to cancel it when it's already started than to just start one than when you shouldn't even i agree start with it. the disappointment factor uh this is this one i actually i'm more positive about and okay. here's why uh, with the NBA, I feel like you reach a certain point where you're better off just saying, we'll just play next year, we'll cancel the playoffs as much as it sucks. We can do what the NFL did, we'll do the free agency process virtually, you know, people can sign contracts and stuff like that. You know, the offseason, the, the NBA could do a virtual draft like the like the NFL did, you know, the NFL proved that it's possible. Um, so that stuff can go on and the NBA could, you know, go on like regular next year, hopefully, you know, hopefully we're at the point where... Even if, you know, even if we can't uh, hold games with fans, you know, hopefully the NBA season could still start on time like it usually does by the fall. You know what I'm saying? Um, does that make sense? But my, yeah. t- but my take on the MLB is a little different um, okay. because I think what would – so I think what I'm going to propose is pretty radical, and I think a lot of baseball fans are going to tell me that this they would hate this. Uh, but my thought process is if you're the MLB and you haven't started the season yet – What's to stop you from waiting till like August, playing a really like interesting um, regular season where you play about thirty games and like in like, and like maybe a month and a half, 
and then you can have some sort of playoff system where you can okay, still end. I, I you that. can still end in when you normally would in like early October, um, but you can still get in some sort of baseball season. And I'm not saying that you count it as you would regularly. You know, as far as stats and stuff go, you you, you wouldn't necessarily. You know, you still have a World Series and stuff like that, but like. I don't know that she would, you know, there'd be an asterisk by it, obviously. Um, yeah, definitely. Because it was played in weird circumstances. But, or maybe you don't even call it the World Series. Maybe if for the MLB, you take this and you make it really experimental. The Corona Series. <laughs> Not the Corona no. Series. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, who's to stop them from, you know, I did like their idea of, you know, playing at the spring training facilities. And uh, putting half the teams in Florida and putting half. I like in Arizona, no, I like that was bad I like having them all in like in Arizona. Like I like that. I, There's so many teams and players in one area. I feel like that makes the coronavirus worse by putting so many people in one area. That's my opinion. Okay, but okay, but hopefully by the time this happened, you know they they would feasibly be able to just play the regular MLB parks, but just without fans. Yes, yep. Um, so you agree, no fans for. No fans. Yeah, no fans. Yeah, no fans for the NBA. Um, but yeah. I, I think the MLB could do some some sort of situation where they could play like you know like an abbreviated regular season. Obviously, very abbreviated. Or the MLB could play like a very abbreviated regular season, about thirty games. Uh, and after the thirty games, you could go into some sort of playoff structure uh, and have some sort of champion. I don't. I don't. I don't okay. think. You, I don't think you call it a World Series because it's not really fair to like. Yeah, the, I agree with it. Not yeah. But you could you know get, give away a trophy, have some sort of competition, so that there's some sort of baseball. So they don't com- we don't completely miss out on that. I think that's completely feasible for the MLB, and they can still end around when they normally would before it gets very cold. Okay, next next topic. It's gonna be our last topic. We don't want to make this go over an hour. We're big Packer fans, and as Packer fans, we were in total disbelief with the well, maybe not Lucas wasn't, but with the with the Jordan Love pick. We're gonna talk about the Jordan Love pick, what we thought about it, what we're hearing from Packer fans. Lucas, talk about Jordan Love. And about half the time left, and I will, and we will end it there. Uh, so, I'm going to keep this pretty short and sweet because, um, as Ben knows, I was a big proponent of us taking a quarterback in the first round uh, almost the entire uh, time that we were talking about draft things. For the last month For the last two. month or two, I've been a big proponent of it. Um, and I, I realize this is going to uh, – this is a very div- divisive topic. Um, but I saw a post today on Facebook by CBS Sports – um, that gives some historical context that I think is very valuable to think about if you're a Packers fan. It's like Favre to Rodgers. Well, of course. And then, uh, if you look, there's a graphic that I found by CBS Sports. So Brett Favre was 35 years old when we took Aaron Rodgers at 24th overall. Aaron Rodgers is 36 years old now, and we took Jordan Love at 26th overall. Now, I'm not out here saying that Jordan Love will be as good as Aaron Rodgers. That'd be foolish of me to say. Some, some people have said, too, that Jordan Love shouldn't have been picked that high. Like, Aaron Rodgers should have been a top... A no, he was potentially going to be the number one pick to the Niners. But Jordan Love could have gone fell five. To us. Jordan Love could have gone five. Like, he could have gone to the Miami. He could have yeah. gone six to the Chargers. But I'm just saying or that's six, a couple yeah. arguments I've heard. I don't um, agree with that, but, but that's a couple I've my, heard. My personal perspective... That he wasn't good enough to go So there. my personal perspective is this. I think the Packers needed to mortgage for prepping for the future... Or starting mortgage, they had to sort of do two things in this draft. One, for draft classes, I think, well, just in general, okay, this is a little kind of little here, but in general, I think the draft should do two things. One, you should make your current squad better, and two, you should always be developing for the future, okay? Because to think present mindedly as an NFL GM and nothing else will ensure that you're going to lose your job. <laughs> if you don't prep for the future, your team will be. 
awful in a couple of years. There's been plenty of examples of that in the NFL. You know, you can go for plenty of teams who have just not prepped for the future at all and just, and you know, signed a bunch of old people in free agency. Look at the Miami Dolphins or, for how many years with no quarterback since Dan Marino. Um, so Hill sucks. the Packers are a forward-thinking organization and they have been for about the last 20 years. You, you can say what you want about some of our personnel decisions, but the Packers usually always have try to have some sort of plan for the future. Hasn't always worked out. But if you look at our quarterback planning, it, I mean, it's been astonishing. So I don't know that Jordan Love is going to be nearly as good as Aaron Rodgers. But my whole thought process was this. Jordan Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is 36 years old right now. Okay, He's 36 years old. He probably only has a couple years of being amazing. And people are going to go back to Brady now uh, and tell me that Rodgers could be amazing. And he could be. But Rodgers is more mobile to me than Brady and throws but, on the run. And you can't do that. And you're forty something years you old. Can't. You don't have the athleticism. You can't be Brady's a pocket passer. He can. Uh-huh. He could do that till he's fifty years old if he still has the arm strength and accuracy. But you know, the Packers. I truly believe if Love wouldn't have fell, they wouldn't have taken someone like Hertz or Eason or Eason or anybody like that. They would have taken probably. I've um, heard they wanted Love or nobody. If Love fell to them, they wanted him. But if otherwise they they were not gonna they were not that's what I've heard I, I don't know how true that is but okay so I, the, one of the main things uh, that you'll hear from Packers fans about why they're mad about the pick is they'll say things like oh you know Aaron Rodgers uh, you, he's gonna be pissed by this and you know he, we really should have taken it was a quote unquote middle now. finger to Aaron Rodgers it, it's not <laughs> it's really not though because I know I'm just saying what they I know said. because Jordan Love is not gonna start day one he knows that we know that Aaron Rodgers knows that. Nobody, really thinks, nobody thinks that Jordan Love will be pushing for a job probably not even next year. So there's two straight years right now that we, unless something crazy happens, you know, knock on wood to Rodgers, no one's hoping for that. I, I think that people are, are, are sort of putting this pick in the context of if you support this pick, you hate Aaron Rodgers. And that's just, that's so close-minded. You know, this is a pick for the future. This is a pick that... We did because we want to make sure that we are going to be, you know, prepared for the for future. For the future, yeah. Without Aaron Rodgers, because Aaron Rodgers will not be able to play for the next twenty years, you know. Jordan and Love will. Just, well, no, because he'll be like forty-one in twenty years. Well, <laughs> never mind. No, he won't. No, so maybe twenty years is a little too much, but fifteen years. Yeah, fifteen years. So the, the point being here is that. If you're an NFL team and you're not prepping for the future, all you're doing is ensuring... You become a bad organization and you're stuck in losing without the quarterback. Precisely. So, as much as I get why some Packers fans are very hesitant about this, you know, we have a whole draft to take the positions we need to win yep. now. Yep, uh, what's What are you thinking, Ben? Okay, I'm going to say a, a similar thing to Lucas, but worded a little differently. So, obviously, going into this draft, Lucas, a couple months ago, told me about Jordan Love. And I'm like, wow, that guy's really good. You might, I might get kind of roasted for what I'm about to say here. I, I for some reason, only co- like if you watch um, highlights of college Patrick Mahomes, big arm, kind of risky decision making, but just the, the the arm strength and the talent of that man is unbelievable. And to be honest, that's what I think of Jordan Love. His arm is really big. I think he could potentially be, you know, if he um, is coached correctly, he could potentially be like a Patrick Mahomes. But that's many years down the line. He can't sit for a year and be that like I'm thinking like five years down the road, Jordan Love could potentially be like an MVP. But um, so Jordan Love, I liked him going in. And other people, I saw a couple mock drafts that said the Packers would take him. But obviously me, I wanted a receiver. Outside of Devontae Adams, our receivers are pretty 
Poor Valdez Scantling underperformed. Geronimo did. That's why he's out of town. I know we got Devin Funches. Peace has some injury problems the last couple years, so we don't know what we're getting. I did like Lazard, who stepped up. You know, the undrafted guy who stepped up towards the second half of last year. I think he'll take a big, a big step forward. I'm a big in fan of Valdez. Yep. Me too. But I still think they need another receiver because Packer fans who are mad about this are like, "Oh, we need to win. We got to the NFC Championship game. We need, to, we need to get more people to compete with San Francisco." And you take a backup quarterback. How does that help us get? You know, as good as San Francisco, and they're just getting mad at the pick. That's exactly what Packer fans did in 2005 when we took Rodgers. It's the same thing. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but okay. Um, but then, so I wanted, so you know, the five good receivers in this draft. You have Judy Ruggs, uh, C.D. Lamb, uh, Justin Jefferson, and Brandon Ayuk. I wanted one of those five guys. That's honestly who I wanted. The Vikings, when they traded up and took Jefferson. Actually, no, they didn't trade up. That was their pick from the Buffalo that they traded Stephon Diggs for. Stephon Diggs. So when they took him, I was kind of disappointed. I was like, oh, that's who I wanted. And then all of a sudden, he gets to pick, um, well, 25. The Niners traded back up, took Ayuk. I think the Niners thought the Packers at 30, because you know they're yeah. at 31, were maybe going to take Ayuk. So that's why they traded back up. And then the Packers traded up. People are like, they give up a fourth-round pick for this guy? A fourth-rounder is, is a very small price right. to pay for the future franchise quarterback. Yep. So it got to 26. We trade with Miami, and I'm like, oh, the Packers trade up. What are they going to get? Like, you know, five really good receivers are gone. So, I mean, there's other really good receivers in this draft. I thought that I are knew. Like second-round talent, though. When they traded up, I knew immediately they were going to take Love. Yeah, I, thought and I thought at 23, I thought the Patriots were going to take Love. They didn't. I was kind of surprised they traded down, and the, the, the Chargers wanted Bill, that pick. I think Bill Belichick really wants to play Jared Stidham. He really wants to give him at least to, one he year. He wants to make a point. He, he, he wants to groom Jared Stidham into a star. Bill Belichick wants to be like, look, I started Jared Stidham. Random guy I, like I drafted I made Jared Stidham round. good, and yes. look at how many games we won. That's yep. what Bill Belichick and, wants. And he could argue if Jimmy Garoppolo gets better on the Niners that he he was. I thought he was good this year, but obviously not like a, a top tier quarterback. But anyways, um, Bel Belichick has that argument too that he he made Jimmy G good or was partially responsible. But anyways, so when the pick happened, I was in immediate shock. I felt first immediate sadness because I realized this is the beginning of the end of the Aaron Rodgers era. Aaron Rodgers, probably my favorite NFL player of all time, just seeing what he did uh, in. 2009, just or 2010, 11, 12, all these years, 2010, what he did in those playoffs, getting us to our Super Bowl 45 championship, that was just unbelievable quarterback play. 2011, going 15 and one, um, getting his first MVP. Uh, obviously, we choked in the playoffs, but that was just a fantastic year. The stretch from from 2009 to through 2016, for as a Packer fan watching Aaron Rodgers with eight years in a row of seven or eight years, whatever it would be, of just of dominance at the quarterback position, being the best quarterback in the talent-wise and statistically in the league for those years was just amazing. And, you know, cons- you know going to the playoffs every year, winning the one Super Bowl, uh, obviously 2014 was pretty disappointing, blowing that. I'll never, ever get over that, blowing that lead in the NFC Championship yeah, to Seattle. Yeah, that But, like, that will forever, the Brandon Bostick's muffed onside kick will forever be in my mind. But so I felt sadness. I'm like, it's the beginning of the end for Rodgers. But then I also was happy because I saw more than other people did, more than other Packer fans. I saw Jordan Love and what he could do, what he could become. Like I think he should definitely sit at least one season. I, I would sit him two or three. And Rodgers yeah. has three years left on his deal. And I think they're going to play like, Rodgers for the deal that seems and like either the force him into retirement or get or not resign. It's, it's I, I feel, yeah, it's going to be either Rodgers. And my personal bombshell here, and I, I told you I was going to say this in the show earlier, 
Uh, I don't think Rodgers finishes his career with the Packers. I, I could see him after this three, these three. I think he is gonna. They're gonna keep him for the three years. I think they'll deal. keep him for the three. Unless years. he unless his and play unless de- um, declines dramatically. Yeah. Okay. Un- unless unless he retires, I think he's gonna finish his career with, with another team at the after the end of his oh, contract. Yeah, I could see that as well. So and then to go on, people are like, but that's not the, the Packer fans are so mad. We're in the minority. We the more I thought about this, I, after like uh, maybe ten We're minutes of thinking about, I love minority. the pick. Mm-hmm. We we have a future franchise quarterback on the team. I understand he doesn't help us in twenty twenty, but there's plenty of talent. You know, we want a receiver, we want another linebacker. We have the second and third round. I hope in the second round we take either receiver or linebacker, and then the third we take the one we don't take, and those guys pan out. Then people will stop complaining. But. Right now, people are just mad. They're like, and people are saying it's the middle finger to Aaron Rodgers. He's getting screwed over because you know we're not putting the talent around him for years. We didn't have a good defense until 2019. Well, obviously 2010, we didn't. We won the Super Bowl, but we had a subpar defense for all these years. And now we're not giving him more weapons besides Devontae Adams. It's just, and we're taking a quarterback. Yeah, this it, is, we took, it was a round one pick. That's why people need to calm down. Uh, we still have rounds two through seven to yep, go in this draft, yep. uh, and that's what I want to transition to. Uh, we're just, just really briefly. Um, I have one more point. One more point about Jordan Love. Another thing that you said Jordan Love can't help you in 2020 or even 2021, Aaron Rodgers has not had a good backup quarterback in some time. If, if Aaron Rodgers would have got hurt, our 13-3 and season would have been over. We would have had Tim Boyle at quarterback. Now, if, if something happens to Rodgers, obviously I hope not, but if something does, our season's not over. We have this talented man, this talented quarterback, Jordan Love, our future franchise quarterback, could come in and save the day. The preseason is more entertaining now. If we have a preseason, I... I watch the games anyways, but I will be excited to see my rookie quarterback, what Jordan Love can do. I'm on the hype train. I know Lucas is. Um, obviously, I was in shock and sad at like the first couple minutes, knowing it's the beginning of the end of Rodgers. But I'm happy with the pick. Um, you know, got to get a receiver and linebacker later on, though. Then I will re- um, in the second and later rounds. Then I'll be happy. But we're on the hype train. We- we're probably gonna buy Jordan Love jerseys eventually, like in the next couple months. I probably. I I'm big. Jordan Love fan. I'm happy we took him. I think he could potentially he 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 plays a lot like Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion. So uh, to wrap up the podcast, I just want to really briefly talk about round two or rounds two through seven. Just like a couple of thoughts that I have. Uh, number one, I talked about this earlier. Uh, I think that the Falcons are going to go get themselves another running back to pair with Todd Gurley. Uh, and I, I really just look to see where a lot of the was you know because I'm a big Wisconsin guy I look to see where people like Tyler Biadish uh, from Amherst Wisconsin uh, are gonna go and like people like Jonathan Taylor don't forget about Zach Bond uh, it'd be really, Zach Bond it'd be really interesting well. to see if the Packers go get Bond I don't know how early he's gonna go in the second round but he we, have, we people, took Rashawn Gary and we have Preston and Zadarius yeah we don't but need we, a Zach but, Bond. but people are saying he'd be a better inside linebacker than outside linebacker you could and I think there, that yeah. he'd be a good guy to throw behind Kirksey and you know like. I think he could be a good inside linebacker, personally. I wouldn't hate that pick, especially because we have depth there right now. We don't need him to play right away. I don't hate that pick for the Packers. I don't think I don't know if they're going to go get him, but... Uh, for the Packers in round two, I'm looking at Denzel Mims, Michael Pittman Jr., T. Higgins, three pretty good second-round receivers. T. Higgins could be... Uh, I like T. Higgins. Any of those three guys, if we get one of them in the second round, the, you Packer fans better stop complaining about Jordan Love. Because that's who the Packers would have taken at thirty, anyways, and then they still got Jordan Love out of the deal. So that I don't. If, if we take one of those three guys, I don't want to hear Packer fans complaining anymore. Because the five good receivers, we, that, the better receivers were taken already, and <laughs> we know Rieger went to the Eagles as a six. We, we didn't Rieger. think was as good as I the cannot. Other five. Believe, I, I still can't believe Jalen. I heard Rieger the Eagles have liked him for a while though. For some reason, Doug Peterson really likes him, so they just they took him a little early because that's who they wanted. That was their guy. 
So. All right. Well, uh, thanks everybody for listening to the first episode of this podcast. Like I said, next week we're going to be working on getting out uh, draft so, grades. All draft seven grades. rounds draft grades for every team. We only have had the first round now, mm-hmm. second round, third, or tonight. We just want to talk about the first round today. Yep. Jordan Love, all the other controversy. Uh, yeah. So if you like our podcast, uh, go ahead and feel free to um, hit us up if you know us. Obviously, most of our listeners at this point are probably going to be people we know. Uh, we're definitely open to constructive criticism. So uh, thanks for listening. Well, and, thank uh, you. We'll, uh, we'll catch you next week. Catch you later.